so I am really excited about this morning. Becky and I are here and we're going to be talking and diving in with you into James chapter 3. This is our fourth week studying the book of James and for those of you who may not know, Becky is a part of Ramp Church. She's been a part of Ramp Church um, since we launched here in Manchester, was my first friend from Manchester, is one of my closest friends, and I'm really excited to, to have her here. She's also um, the wife of James Aladrin and a wonderful mom of two beautiful children, and she and James lead the ministry Prayer Storm that is 10 or 11 years 11. old, 11 years old now, amazing prayer ministry based here in Manchester. So let's get into James chapter three. Now I, I just want to, um, to just kind of reiterate how mm -hmm. much I love the book of James mm -hmm. because James was the half-brother of Jesus. They believe James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote this book, and he was the pastor in um, the church of Jerusalem. But then, if you guys remember, in the, in the book of Acts, Stephen was martyred. And once Stephen was martyred, persecution started to rise. And once persecution started to rise, the church in Jerusalem was scattered to other parts of the world there. And so they are be being fruitful, the gospel is spreading, but they are also dealing with some pretty intense stuff within the church. So James is writing this to the church that's been scattered, and he's addressing some issues of conflict, within the church, dissension. He's really wanting to grow them in maturity by emphasizing the importance of actually doing the Word of God and not just hearing it. And he has a lot of wisdom. In fact, some people even say this is not, this. the book of James isn't so much of an epistle as a wisdom book, similar mm. to Proverbs. And there's a lot of just real practical, this is what it means. If you live for Jesus, this is how practical that works out in your life. So I love that. And I also think it's amazing, even in Ramp Church right now, uh, through this pandemic. In many ways, we are scattered in the sense of we're not meeting together in a physical location on Sunday mornings, yep. but we are still bearing fruit. And how amazing as well that even though these letters, this word was written many thousands, you know, years ago, that it's still the heart of the message is relevant for us as a church community right, right here, right now. So James is, is talking to a people that are going through trial. They are going through, um, they're being oppressed by the rich. They're, they're poor, they're being oppressed. They're trying to grow in their faith and unity. And he is, in, in everything that he's saying, he's wanting them mm. to mature in Christ. Yeah. He's pastoring them to maturity. Mm -hmm. And Ramp Church, I was just telling Becky how Joe and I's heart, we believe the heart of God for us as a faith community is that we are a fruitful people, yeah. that we bear fruit for God. And, and that looks like you know reaching people with the hope of the, the gospel, but it also means producing the fruit of the Spirit. Um, love, joy, mm -hmm. peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, self-control, long-suffering, all of those beautiful character traits yeah. are evidence that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us yeah. and He's changing us from the inside out. Mm -hmm. So James first kind of talks about how 
um, in, I'm just going to recap some of the things that we've been talking about over the past few weeks. He talks about mature believers are patient in tribulation. They turn trials into triumphs. Um, they don't practice uh, partiality and they don't have prejudice in their heart, but they're really united in love. And this in chapter three, he's emphasizing a character trait of maturity that is being able to control your tongue. Now, one of the reasons why I love that I'm getting to talk to you about this, Becky, is because out of everybody in Manchester, I think you probably get more of my earfuls of my words, you know, on a personal heart-to-heart -heart friend level than most people in this city. So you and I talk a lot, and, and I feel like um, we have a friendship that is, has been a safe place for us to share and be honest, but at the same time holds us accountable to even what we're saying to one another and working through. So I, I'm really glad that, that you and I get to, um, to talk about this. And Ramp Church, I know that you're probably watching this maybe on the go. Maybe you have kids in the living room or what it's crazy. I want to just challenge you. God's Word has power to prune us for greater fruitfulness. So clear some space, get a notepad, get a pen, and lean into God's word. Lean into his word. And I want us to, to just with a fresh hunger and faith and expectancy believe that just from the word of God that we are diving into this morning, we as a community can be pruned and rooted and tended as God's garden to bear greater fruit for him. Amen? So. All right, Becky, before, before we start going back and forth, I'm going to just encourage all of our listeners to read James chapter 3. Read the whole thing. Read the whole book of James. And we hope that you are reading the book of James as we're going through this series. But in particular for this message, it'd be good to read the uh, chapter 3 of the book of James in the New Testament. And James is talking about controlling the tongue, and then he goes into true wisdom. But we're, gonna, we're going to just kind of hone in on the tongue. And the first thing I want to read is just the first few um, verses of this. James 3, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. And then he goes through and he starts comparing the tongue to the rudder of a ship and the, the bridle of a horse. And then he says it's like a fire and it's like an animal that has to be tamed. So the first, the first analogy, like a rudder or a bridle and a horse, it's this small thing. Then even, even a, when he compares it to the fire, it's a small thing that can do great damage. Mm -hmm. And I know we probably all realize that, you know, in our head, if I'm talking to you, Becky, you and I would be like, oh yeah, we know about that. You know, words are powerful. We, we know, well, the tongue, yeah, you've got to watch out for that. But sometimes, I don't know about you, but the temptation is we excuse ourselves into um, just being complacent even, thinking, well, we've got that covered, there's no room to grow. Or um, we say things like, well, it's just words. I, I mean, I told my husband that I hated him, but it's not like I actually killed him. You know, we think, we think that words are not that bad. We, we under, like we do with all sin, we kind of de-emphasize and over-justify the harm that we can actually do. And so James is saying like a fire, 
like an untamed animal, like the rudder of a ship. The, the rudder of a ship, the bridle on a horse, those are directing. Those small things, they direct the course of that, that ship. They direct the course of that, um, the, the horse and the rider. The fire, it's like once that fire is loosed, it spreads rapidly and you are out of control of the damage that it can do. So he's putting some weight on our words. And for all of us at Ramp Church during this lockdown, during um, this year of 2020, I think this is a really appropriate place for us to pause and reflect that our words, though small, have massive impact. So Becky, let, let's hear just from you. How do you, how do you even think that words have impacted your life for good, for bad? How have you seen it in the church? Cause not only are you, you know, a believer, but you're, you're in ministry. So you've seen, you've worked with lots of different churches and different ministries. And do you find that Christians tend to kind of uh, de-emphasize the power of the, their words or overemphasize? Or how do you feel like the relationship with words? How do, how do you even feel it in Ramp Church? Um, how do we steward that truth? How are we doing with that? I really feel like you can never overemphasize the power of your words. Like Stacy was asking me about what are some of your favorite scriptures? Here's, here's just a few I've come up with. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is, I didn't, I've read the Bible several times, but I'm pretty sure I haven't read like yeah. a gazillion of these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had them kind of all compiled, oh, some yeah, of them, and it's yeah. like, whoa. It was like, and it's all over the Bible. And, and even in James 3, and there's so many, so many clear things in the Bible that, that, set, that talk about words and its destruction mm-hmm. and how, and how actually, I love how it even says in James, it's like a rudder of a ship. A ship yeah. is giant. A rudder is tiny. Yeah. And it's even it even feels significant the fact that the strongest muscle in our body is the tongue. Wow. I didn't is, know that. You didn't know that. I don't That's, know how I didn't know that, but did you know that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. The wow. strongest muscle in the wow. body is the tongue. And I really feel like... That's a sp- that's a spiritual thing too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, think of every war that ever happens. Does it happen without conversations? Mm, no, that's where mm, they start. Wow, wow. And the thing is that one of the reasons I really believe that words are powerful as well is the agreement starts with you. Mm. When where like the the um, the enemy is the father of lies, right? Yeah. Wants to conceive a thought in yeah. your mind and birth it through your mouth, mm. and the thing and that's how lies spread. But the thing is, once it's birthed through your mind and it comes out of your tongue, there's already agreement in yourself. So from the beginning, from the get go, from the birth of any word, it is powerful, yeah. whether good or bad. Yeah, and I yeah. really believe that, you know, there are two kingdoms, the mm-hmm. kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness, and mm-hmm. they are both wanting our voice. Oh, come on, and the thing is, we have to so choose good. which kingdom we want to partake in. Do we want to partake in the kingdom of light with what God is saying? Or do we want to partake in the kingdom of darkness, which is saying what the enemy is saying? I was mm-hmm. saying to Stacy before, you know, it's so easy 
to spread darkness mm. you know sometimes sometimes it's easy because some of the darkness that we're spreading has truth to it yeah actually you can and it starts yeah. with hmm I, i'm not sure about this person because they've done this they've done mm -hmm. this and they said mm -hmm. this and and it can be it can be true but your words are defining that person yeah but is that partnering with what god is saying Good. It's so easy to find out what the enemy has to say about yep. that person by going to the, by, by going, oh, or, um, oh, I wonder what they've done or, mm -hmm. or what they said. And, mm -hmm. and just even bringing power to that person's weaknesses yeah. and empowering that person's weaknesses is just so wrong and strong. And it, and it is cursing. And yeah. it is, uh, I really believe it is a spirit of rebellion to what God's truth is. Wow. Which really rebellion good. is a spirit of witchcraft, which yeah, is a big deal. Right. It's a massive deal. Wow. That's really, that's really strong, Becky. You're right. We can't, it, I don't think we can really overemphasize no. this because no. there's, a, there's a real strong emphasis in God's word mm. about the power of our words. Even in the book of James, Okay, we just read, he, he devotes a large portion of this rather small book to that. Even in chapter one of James, he says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Oh, and then he also says in James chapter one, again, he's admonishing this, these, this is believers. It's not like he's writing to heathens. He's, he is writing to the scattered church that yeah. was in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And some of these church people, they were there in Acts. They saw these miraculous signs and wonders. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. But now he's pastoring them and he's saying, be quick to listen, slow to speak, yeah, yeah. slow to get angry. He's saying your religion is worthless yeah, if yeah. you don't control your tongue. He's yeah. saying that if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole self. You're mature. Yeah. And I want all of us watching to even as we're talking through this, just to let the Holy Spirit point out the areas that we can grow in. See, it's not up to us to just behave well on our own. Mm. Why can James give us, why is this word even filled with some like really strong commands and high calling of don't slander, don't use foul and abusive language, don't backbite, don't murmur, don't even complain, the Bible says. Like can't even like complain. I mean, dear God, I think of all of the word things <laughs> out of all that you've got, you know, like cursing and backbiting and gossip and slander. I could, on most days, I'm pretty clear of those, but complaining, I'm like, Lord, this is a really high standard. I feel like I'm complaining now in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's our ten. I mean, this was like one of the biggest grievances that God had with Israel. Mm. And so there's this super high standard that God yeah. puts on his followers in all areas. And yeah. even as you're hearing this, I don't want you to just check out and think, oh, well, I'm never going to be able to stop cursing or I'm always going to be loose in my words. No, if you are a believer, the Holy Spirit yeah. dwells in you. Yeah. The Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead and literally came with such power in some of the stories in the New Testament, shook the prison gates. I mean, that power of the Holy Spirit is in us and it's, it's yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit. It's obeying, it's submitting, it's acknowledging the gap between God's standard and where we currently are and inviting the Holy Spirit in to help grow us that it's possible. God doesn't ask us to live an impossible standard. Yeah. He gives us the help of the Holy Spirit. He gives us friends 
to help grow us accountable. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say that first and foremost, this isn't about you yeah. in your own effort behaving much mm -hmm. better yeah. and memorizing the right things to say and punishing yourself when you say the wrong thing. This is about you yielding to the Holy Spirit. This is yeah. about you really valuing the high calling of mm -hmm. what it means to be a follower of Jesus and live up to that high calling. And I'd there's to add to that as yes, well. Yes, please do, Becky. So I, I love how I love how you say you're yielding to the Holy Spirit. I know many times I've I've had the temptation and the thought, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna share this or I'm gonna say this. And there have been times where I hear the Holy Spirit go, No, no, don't mm -hmm. do it. And yeah. it and sometimes it's just this knowing yeah. yourself don't yeah. do it sometimes i've listened to the no yeah sometimes i ain't yes yeah <laughs> and and um and the f and i love that the scripture that's why it's so important where it says where it says um be slow to speak and quick to listen mm -hmm. and and to me in these moments it's be slow to speak and quick to listen to the Holy Spirit. Very good. And and even in the fruits of the Spirit, the self-control, many times I'm kind of like, well, it's just me doing the work by myself. Actually, I really, in some ways, I see it as actually I'm handing my the the control of self to the Holy Spirit. Mm, I'm, I'm yielding good. under the Holy Spirit that actually the Holy Spirit empowers us to have that control over self. Yeah. Because yeah. many times we see it as self-control is we just try our best. We just yeah, do yeah. it all by yeah. ourselves. But actually, it's the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, that's good, Becky. So good. I love that. And, you know, I even at the, that very first bit that I read in James 3, he's, he's talking to his congregation. He's saying that many of you should be teachers. Teachers are going to be held to a higher standard. Okay, that's terrifying. But it's also, <laughs> you know, it's why. Why would God do that? Well, because Jesus says... You know, Jesus says, let me just um, quote this in Luke 12, 48. Jesus is actually addressing um, the Pharisees. And, and he's saying, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. Mm. But when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Mm. So we have been, you know, as, even as mature believers, I think what you've got to say is, is not, oh, God's, God's so harsh. God is so gracious and generous yeah. that He's revealed to you things about His mm -hmm. Word and His yeah. will, and He's going to hold you to account to what you know. Mm -hmm. But then James says everybody makes mistakes. I mean, the very next, the very next scripture is don't don't aspire to be a teacher unless you want this responsibility. Mm -hmm. But we all fall short in this area. Yeah. And I want to talk about just for a few minutes the um, first. Maybe some of you are new to church and you, you see church leaders even. You, it's good to just kind of have a biblical view of what it means to be a, a leader. And I love this highlight that even, even people who are seasoned Christians, they make mistakes. The difference is we don't stay down. We stumble, but we get back up and we keep pursuing perfection in Christ. Mm. We stumble, we get back up. And the more we grow and mature, hopefully the less we stumble. Just like a toddler learning to walk, right? When you're young and you learn to walk, you stumble, 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 stumble. But then as you get older, you grow, you know you have a rhythm, a grace, and you are mature in the Lord, you stumble less frequently. But everybody stumbles. So mm. I want to just say this. That even, um, you know, even sometimes in, in conversations that I've had with, with you or with Joe, you, you feel that check of, ooh, gosh, you know, that, that just came out of my mouth and I don't feel like that was right. Mm. I think one of the important things to know is that there's just the same power of words that can bring destruction and cause us to stumble 
in confessing our sin, mm-hmm. yeah. there's also healing and forgiveness. Yeah. Confession also happens with the mouth. Yeah. And confession is how we, I love how even the Bible ties confession with being saved. He says in Acts 19, 18, many of those who believed came and openly confessed what they had done. Yeah. So a move of the Holy Spirit is not just this um, is not just perfection. It's a growth in maturity. Mm-hmm. But a move of the Holy Spirit, a tenderness to the Holy Spirit, is the ability to confess when you've been wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you want to add to what do you do when you make a mistake? Oh, do you know there was this there was, uh, there was this story. Um, Actually, T, if you're watching, you'll remember this because T told me this story when we lived together like a decade ago mm-hmm. or so. Um, there was this, there was a bunch of Christians talking and then this, um, this leader, she started saying something and then she stopped herself and said, that was a lie. I'm really sorry, guys. I don't know why I said that. Mm. I, I repent. Sorry about that. Anyway, forget what I said. This is the truth. Yeah. And and it really, it really impacted both me and T and yeah, probably yeah, everyone yeah. that was around. I love that there is a powerful thing about normalizing confession mm. because where, where confession, the, the thing about sin, it really has its power and its secrecy mm-hmm. many times. Yeah. And um, when we confess our sins, it's such a powerful thing to normalize. Imagine having a congregation of people, a region of people who it's normal to just confess your sins. Suddenly yeah, yeah. the shame is gone. Yeah. We don't yeah. have shame. We yeah. don't have yeah. embarrassment. We don't have secrecy, yeah. which keeps us bound. Yeah. Which is a, um, and, and there are times where I have conversations with people and I'll stop myself and I'll be like, actually, no, what I said there, that's not right. Yeah. And then, and then you know, many really kind friends will be like no 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 you were just you know letting it out and being yeah. honest and and then I've and then I've gone back and I said no I need to be accountable to this that yeah. wasn't okay I know yeah. in my heart right that wasn't right and I repent to you and I'm really sorry and I've moved on mm. and 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 being able to do that it's you know when when you do that you know it, it sounds scary it sounds like oh I, I don't want to look bad mm-hmm. but when you do it actually when I've seen other people do it, it makes me have respect for them more yeah. because no one's perfect. Right. Yeah. I have so much more respect for people who will just turn around and go, actually, I wasn't right there. Yeah. And, I it's, love that. and it helps me grow and it inspires and right. challenges me. It does. It, it, it helps us all grow, I think. It, it works humility, but mm. also accountability in yeah. us. So when, so when we confess, um, we're bringing it to the light and we're, and we're kind of humbling ourselves. And mm-hmm. I know for me, probably the most frequent, perhaps, group that I'm confessing to, the people in my own house. So it would be maybe, maybe harsh words. Maybe I'm really stressed and all these things you know, come in and I get snappy. I think that that harshness of words that the Bible actually talks about, it's not just, you know, um, speaking lies. It's, 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 it's having that spirit of just harsh words that stir up anger, mm. stir up strife. I have to humble myself, go to my kids sometimes and be like, oh, you know what? Mom blew it. I was, I snapped. I'm angry. I'm sorry for hurting your feelings. Will you forgive me? Little things um, like that I find it is is good to even you know tend the garden and the atmosphere of our own home yeah. by by just owning that we are going to make mistakes but if we confess we humble ourselves 
then it can be an opportunity of growth for everyone. Yeah. And one other thing I want to just insert here about confession, especially maybe if you're new to faith or you are a new Christian, um, just following Jesus, is, is when you, I want to read two verses for you specifically, okay? Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And I love, again, that connection of that we'll talk about in a bit of heart and mouth. The heart and mouth are connected. Mm, yeah. But listen to this in Matthew 10, 32. Jesus is speaking. He says, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really powerful as well about our words is we have a testimony. You have a testimony of what God has done in your life. And when Jesus saves you, part of walking that faith out is you begin to confess that allegiance to him in your relationships. Now, that doesn't mean you have to stand on a street corner with a cross or, you know, be shouting in a microphone. But that means there is this outward expression. There's an outward sound that is the outward the outward evidence of the heart devotion that's there. Yeah. So if you're new to faith, I want to encourage you, don't let the enemy hold that testimony back. We know that you're still on a journey. We're all still on yeah. a journey. And, but don't, don't fall into that lie of like, oh, well, I've got to be really mature. I've got to get all these things in order before I start declaring what God has done. Start declaring, start testifying, start confessing Jesus is Lord, start confessing him before men. Um, this is one of the things I think that brings us even into to greater um, just experiences of God's goodness is when we talk about it. I love to say God likes to be talked about. <laughs> you know, I mean, you read the book of Psalms and it's like, this is amazing. We're all over the Psalms. It's declaring the praise of God, declare his works, declare his wonders. And sometimes I feel like if you took my words on a scale, you know, the scales with the two scales right there. And if you put all Stacy's um, heavy words, like words of like petition before God and, and maybe words of, um, you know, questions and problem-solving words and all of that, and you compared that to praise and thanksgiving, I wouldn't want the scales Ooh. to outweigh. I wouldn't <laughs> want my petition and my problem-solving and my pouring my complaints out to God. I love that verse. It's one of my favorites, but I wouldn't want that to outweigh mm. what the Bible says, our praise and our thanksgiving, mm -hmm. that this is how our mouths are sanctified. Wow. So Becky, you, you're a worship leader, but you're also, you have an amazing prophetic gift. Talk a little bit about the importance of declaring praise, of even letting God's words yeah. and the and thanksgiving even flow instead of negativity yeah. and, and creating atmospheres and nurturing relationships mm -hmm. in your own self and yeah. growing in God. Oh gosh, I have so much to say about this. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm a worship leader and um, also prophetic and, and I really feel passionately that the church should be prophetic people. Mm -hmm. We should be a prophetic church. Mm -hmm. We should be a church whose mouths are consecrated to the Lord. Yeah. We should, we all know it says in his word, we should look completely different to the world. Yeah. How we speak should be completely different mm. and it should be separated. Um, 
And you know, I, I, I love the scripture in James 3 where it says, does spring water pour from the same opening as salt water? No, mm. it doesn't. When you, when you mix something, when you mix spring water with salt water, what are you gonna taste? You're gonna taste the salt. Yeah, Whenever yeah, I have a yeah. cup of tea, I don't like sugar in it. Yeah. If you even stir my tea with tea that's had sugar in it, I can <laughs> taste the sugar. All I taste is the sugar and it's ruined. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and that's the same with our words. When, when our words have mixture, then we don't have the same amount of authority. Mm. And when our mm-hmm. heart is not connected to our words, because really it says, it says guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life, yeah, which has been yeah. a scripture on my mind this morning. Yeah. And, um, and when you, when you steward your heart well, you steward your words well. Mm, come on. When, you, when you guard every thought, I remember reading um, a scripture when I first got married. Um, I mean, obviously I'd read this scripture a lot because I grew up as a Christian, but yeah. it said, it said uh, take every thought captive. And Holy Spirit cut me at that moment and said, or they will take you captive. Wow. And the thing is, I don't want my thoughts to be captive because I don't want my words to be captive. Mm-hmm. And it is so important and significant that we are stewarding our mind, we are mm-hmm. stewarding our words well, because like I said before, when they come together in agreement, there is power there. Yeah, yeah. But even when our hearts are sour, I've had people who have come to me with a compliment, and but with a sour heart. Yeah, and yeah. I've felt, yeah. and it's been like a punch in the gut, yeah. and it's felt more like an insult. Yep. That's and, so good. And um and I, I've seen people who have come up to me who who have who have um contempt against uh, or jealousy against me mm-hmm. and they've come up to me with a compliment for someone else mm-hmm. and I or or they've had contempt towards someone else another time they had contempt towards someone else came to me with a compliment mm. and it was a true compliment. Yeah. It wasn't wrong what they were saying, but because but because it was less of a compliment for me and more a dig at them, yeah. I could feel the darkness yes. yeah. in the words. It felt like a heavy yeah. and it and it made me feel, oh yeah. gosh, so I had to break that. But yeah, you know, there's yeah. there's hope, you know. I, yes. I love this scripture and I sent this to Stacey in two different Good. versions. Good. I often read a few different versions at once. Come um, on. I love I love the message version for some. I love Amplified. I love ESV. I love ASV. I love EMP. Come I on. just made that one up, really. But, <laughs> but I love I love I love all these different letters. And it says in Jeremiah fifteen nine. Therefore, and and this is hope for us, really. Yeah. The restoration and the grace and the forgiveness mm-hmm. of God, how He redeems us and our, and our ability to release light. It says, um, oh, I don't know which, but I'm going to say both versions. So this is Jeremiah 15, 19. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, I see that as repent. If yeah. you return to him, I will restore you and, mm. I, and you shall stand before me. If you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, mm. you shall be as my mouth. Wow. They shall turn to you but not turn to them. And this one's the message version. This is how God answered me. Take back those words. I like, uh, I say it a little bit, little bit differently because it's a message. Take back those words and I'll take you back. Come on. <laughs> then you'll stand tall before me. Use words truly and well. Don't stoop to cheap whining. Come on. Then, but only then, you'll speak for me. Let your words change them. Don't change your words to suit them. 
mm, which I, re yeah, I really find good. so significant because there's hope in it that actually come back to God yeah repent yeah. and he'll restore you and you can stand tall before him yeah. and he will use you as his mouthpiece amazing i love that becky and i think i think there's a, so much going through my mind right now but i just think go back a bit and when you were talking about mm. you know you're saying you, you you get a compliment but it feels like a punch in the gut and those mm. kind of that that's the spirit behind those words. And so, you know, Jesus confronted the Pharisees and the Israelites a lot about this, about the words being one thing, but the heart being the yeah, other. Yeah. And James, even in the end of chapter three, talks about if you're wise and understand God's ways, mm -hmm. then here's what that looks like. And then James warns them, if you're bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, Mm. Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. Mm. For jealousy and selfish ambition are not God's wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. This is like a bit, whoa, heavy, right? But he's talking about the tongue in the first part of this chapter. He's addressing dissension in the church. He's addressing immaturity in the church. So he's talking about the tongue. But then he goes in that same chapter down to, if these things are in your heart, then you've opened the door for this, this the demonic. You've, you've opened the door. And isn't that crazy? I mean, we, you know, I'm, Halloween is, is just happened last month. And, and, you know, people are thinking, oh, the devil and Halloween. And it's sometimes, I feel like, as, an, as a believer, it's easier for me to associate um, demonic activity with certain things like, um, you know, witches and um, Halloween, not to under, not to de-emphasize that. Mm -hmm. But how rare do we, how rare do we hear, you know, I was a little bit jealous. I was, I felt a little bit of jealousy rise up in my heart. I need to repent because I could have opened the door to the enemy. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, in, in Ephesians 4, Paul says, watch out for anger because yeah. that's a foothold to the devil. So there's this connection between our heart and our words. Mm. And you can say the right thing, but your heart be in a really bad place. Now, the other side of that is just because it's in your heart, you don't need to say it. <laughs> you know, if you're feeling jealous, you're like, well, I'm just gonna tell you because then that's not maturity either. What is the standard for God? God is wanting all of us to have purity of heart. Mm -hmm. And words are like these indicators on a car dashboard, okay? Sometimes, like, I'll leave a conversation with a friend, and I'll, I'll feel like I'm leaving, and there is, like, a flashing indicator. Stacy, you have got some heart issues that you need to go sort. There is some stuff under the hood of that car that is not <laughs> right. And you better go get it to the shop, or you are going to break down. And I do feel like we... we because we stumble, because sometimes our, our words come out and there's anger and there's things that come out of our mouth that even surprise us sometimes. Yeah. We have to go into the place of God's word and presence and repent and confess mm. and let his word work in us. But listen to even what you were saying about you know the power of um, our words affecting our authority. Listen yeah. to what God says in Isaiah 58 to Israel when he is really rebuking them for a lot. He says, he gives them a promise at the end of this really stern rebuke. And it's beautiful. But he says, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Mm. If you take away from your midst yokes of oppression, wherever you find them, the finger pointed in scorn toward the oppressed or the godly, every form of false, harsh, 
unjust and wicked speaking. Mm-hmm. So this is one verse, many this, this principle of you can't have loose, wicked speech and then expect fruitfulness in your prayer yeah. life. Yeah. There's a connection. There's got to be a congruence there between what you say and, um, and, and, and even seeing prayers answered. But just even as we kind of, we're going to wrap this up, let's wrap mm-hmm. it up with that connection of our heart and our words. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything or anything else, any other scriptures, just kind of this impact? Let's, and even the power of, how, have, of steering things the other way mm-hmm. and using the word of God to take us another direction. Yeah. Um, what, what are your thoughts on any or all of that or none of that <laughs> on the subject? <laughs> well, well, I love this scripture and probably this is one of the most popular on, on speech um, is uh, Proverbs Proverbs eighteen twenty one, where it says, uh, where it says, um, what does it say again? Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. It said, okay, it I'll says, it um, do you know? It was just in my head, and I just recited it in my mind. That is a okay. I've got it coming right here in the New Living. It says, eighteen twenty one says, the tongue can bring death or life. That's it. Those there is who, life and death yeah. in the tongue. Those those who love it shall eat the consequences of it yeah now i see that both ways that's good you can eat the consequence of the fruit of your words which can be death Mm. or you can eat the consequence which is life Mm. and the thing is and the thing is you know people people will come to us people come to us because they're hungry Mm. and what can we offer to them Good. bad fruit yeah yeah bad words tainted words yeah. a mixture right, right of of the of the of a well within us which is part salt part yeah, poison yeah, yeah with quite a good bit of spring water mm. i mean if it's if it's one percent if it's one percent yeah if, it, if someone handed you a bottle and said just one percent poison <laughs> but 99 percent of it 99% yeah, yeah. of it is spring water, so yeah. here you go. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you're not going to drink it, are yeah, you? Yeah. You, don't, you don't want it. You yeah. want pure yeah, water yeah. because it's dangerous. Right. The yep. tongue is that dangerous. Yeah. It yep. is the strongest yeah. muscle in our body and in the spirit, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So and, um, and I really believe that if we, if we really do believe that actually that the power of the tongue is life and death and choose life, like I was saying at the beginning, partner with the kingdom of light, not yeah, the kingdom of darkness. So what does the kingdom of light have to say on this issue? It's good. And so in, good. Uh, even in embracing this wilderness that we're in, not complaining, but being like, Lord, what are you saying it in good. this time? Because yeah. often the wilderness is very significant for the growth of the people of God. Yeah, and, very good. And there's always, there's always a choice. There's always, are we, we going to take the long route or are we going to go the short route? Yeah. Are we going to yeah. do this the easy way or the hard way yeah. and I'm like God I want to do this the easy way which is still work and it's still hard yeah. but it's a faster work yeah because we're doing the work of actually checking ourselves taking those thoughts captive taking mm. those words captive and speaking God's truth and being like Holy Spirit is this what you are saying yeah. being slow to speak uh, being slow to speak and quick to listen to Holy Spirit in every conversation yeah and just make so it good. a practice just start with 
when you're having a conversation with someone, just be like, Holy Spirit, be with me in this mm. conversation. Every conversation. Yeah. It's just little bitty steps of, is this all right, Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Was that all right? And, and, you know, go back and repent for anything mm -hmm. that, you know, you might have said wrong. And, and, you know, it'll challenge the person that you're with as well. Many times you can be like, oh, it's such a bad witness. But you go back to them and you say, yeah. actually, that wasn't right of me. Yeah, I, so I, believe, I believe in Jesus and I believe he transforms us and I should be better than this because mm. I want to be better for God. Come on. And, very good, and, it, and it impacts people, believers yes. or not. Yeah, so good. Well, Ramp Church, this is a huge topic and we've just kind of just skimmed like the, surface. Skimmed the surface. But, but this is what I really want to just emphasize in closing is this small thing has massive impact. Mm -hmm. And to be mature, you're not just saying it, you're seeing the impact before you say it. You're saying, if I say this, then discernment and being calibrated to the leadership of the Holy Spirit is, ooh, if I say that, the impact could be that that person then looks at that person differently and it creates division. Mm -hmm. So look and assess our words, Holy Spirit, and bring us into greater maturity. But for some of you, the, the, the growth step for you is you're just going to start declaring and talking more about what God is doing in you. And God is saying you need to open your mouth more. You need yeah. to let encouragement come out of your mouth more to your spouse, to the co-workers. Um, you need to speak. You need to use this power mm -hmm. of God's word in your mouth to bring life. You need to just use that more. Yeah. Yeah. And some of you, your growth track is God's calling you to not be loose with your tongue and mm -hmm. to check your heart and make sure that you are slow to speak. Mm -hmm. And maybe where you've been quick to speak, quick to give an opinion, quick to put an opinion on Facebook, the Holy Spirit is saying, slow down. And you need to assess and think more carefully. And, and we want every, all of us to grow. We want Ramp Church to be a gossip-free zone. We want the yeah. sound that comes from Ramp Church to be a sound of praise, not a sound of murmuring and complaining. And I want to challenge you, Ramp Church, even about lockdown, even about not being able to meet right now in person. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure that the sound coming is not murmuring, is mm -hmm. not questioning, but it's a sound of faith. It's a sound of praise. It's the sound of people rejoicing yeah. that God can do something in trial. So I want the frequency and the sound that's coming from our homes to be one of glorifying God, even in challenge, even in wilderness, mm -hmm. and that we are a people that can bear fruit for His glory. Yeah. And this is something that we all are growing in together. But let's just close in prayer, okay? And we're going to, we're going to pray together, and I want us to just create yeah, time yeah, and yeah. space for us to just invite the Holy Spirit in to uh, lead us into greater fruitfulness. So Holy Spirit, we thank mm -hmm. you, first yeah, God, yeah, for yeah. the power that we have been given in Christ, the authority that we have in Christ to co-labor with you, Lord, to confess you yeah. and then have you confess us before the Father. Thank you, Father, for this partnership that is available yeah, yeah, to yeah, us in Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just declare over Ramp Church, Father, as, as a faith community that's right now scattered, just like the church that James was writing to, we declare over Ramp Church that we want to yeah, be yeah, a mature yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. want the sound released yeah, to be a yeah, sound yeah, yeah. of honor yeah. for other yeah. ministries and other brothers and yeah. sisters. Yeah. We want it to be a sound of praise. Yeah. We want what comes from yeah, our yeah, mouth yeah, to yeah, glorify yeah, your goodness yeah, and your mercy. Yeah. Lord, where we have murmured, where we have grumbled, 
grumbled, where we have complained, where we have even withheld good. Lord, we ask for your mercy and forgiveness. Lead us to true repentance, to true change of heart, God. Purify our hearts, Lord, that when you look at Ramp Church and our hearts are laid bare before you, that you would see the answer to Jesus's prayer in John 17, that you would see a unified people, that you would see a people that is just in love with you and each other, that you would not find jealousy and envy and slander and backbiting and busybodying and and careless, loose words, but you would find a mature people that look like Jesus on the earth. And we need your help, Father, but we thank you that this is possible because this is your will. This is your will. So this is possible for us to be mature, for us to be a safe place, for us to have a culture of honor, Lord. We will not settle for anything less than what you have for us and the standard that your word holds us to. And we yield to you, Holy Spirit, and invite your help. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Rant Church, just keep keep in touch. Let us know how God is growing you in this area. We want to journey together and we will see you at our next prayer meeting. God bless you.